0: Today, is it okay if we're just really real with each other? Is that all right? Is it okay if we just kind of leave the churchiness of it all behind and all the fake smiles that we put on? Is that okay? Is that going to be all right? All right, good. Because today we're going to talk about something we each have trouble with, and that is taking responsibility for our mistakes, for our character flaws, our errors, our failures, and our sin. Taking responsibility for our sin. Let's be honest with each other. We each have a problem with sin. And I don't know where you struggle with the most, whether it's lying or pride, impurity, gossip. But temptation seems to lurk around every corner. And we really don't even have to look for that temptation. It always seems to find us. And each one of us has these secret sins that we struggle with every single day. But the problem is, is many times we tend to blame our sin on others. Don't you look at me like that. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) We like to excuse our sins, whether it's circumstances or whether it's uh, the environments around us. We tend to blame our sins on outward problems that we face. And this is the core reason, I believe, that we continue to struggle with those habitual sins, sins that have become a habit to the point where we don't even really feel that bad about them anymore. They're kind of easy for us to take part in. But before we go any further, we're going to flip the switch around here. If we're going to go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes just for a second, I want you to be real, real with yourself right now. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. I just want you to think for yourself, what is my greatest character weakness? What is my Biggest moral flaw, the sin that I continue to struggle with the most. I want you to think about that right now. The one you try and try to get rid of, the one you confess over and over again, but you keep going back to it. Maybe it's pride and arrogance, maybe it's laziness, worry, maybe it's forgetting about God, maybe it's what you uh, ingest as far as media, maybe it's what you talk about, what you think about, what you look at on the internet, maybe it's anger. Maybe it's hate towards a certain person that has hurt you. You think about that one thing that you continue to struggle with. All right, you can look up here now. Each and every one of us needs to focus in on those sins, and that's what we're going to do today. I want you to remember it. Everybody, if you've got one, I want you to grab it like this, okay? Go ahead. If you've got one of those sins, we all I said we were going to be real today, okay? We're not just you know, churchy church people with our big hats or something like that, right? We're real people with real struggles and real problems, right? All right, so you can hold your sin up like this. You no, Don't show anybody else what it is. You just hold it up, okay? Just hold it up in the air. We don't have to tell each other. All right, I want you to hold on to that thing the whole entire service, okay? I want you to hold on to that sin because we're going to focus in. You can put your hand down. Thank you so much. You could focus in on that sin today, and we're going to think about what excuses we make that we do these sins and we continue to uh, fall into that. The reasons that we give ourselves, why it's ever started, why we got in this position. And what we're going to do is we're going to attempt to break down those walls of excuses today so that we can be free from sin. Because the Bible tells us that we are more than conquerors. The Bible tells us that when we have Christ in our life, that we're supposed to have victory and freedom. And a lot of us don't experience that. And I believe a part of that is because we blame others for our problems. And when we blame others for our problems, we will never fix them. Say that back with me. It's up there on the screen. When we blame others for our problems, we will never fix them. Now, blame shifting is not a new problem, though, right? It happened thousands of years ago. We see it all the way back in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 3. If you want to turn there with me, Genesis chapter 3 will be in verse 11. And you know this story. You've heard it for a long time, the story of Adam and Eve. We're going to be in verse 11. This is not a new problem. God says to Adam and Eve, he says, have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, the woman whom you gave me to be with, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. And you know this story, right? God told the first man and the first woman not to eat of this certain tree. It was like the only rule that they had. And they still went ahead and did it anyway. And then we see what happens after this first act of disobedience. The first time man was confronted with this sin. And what does he do? He blames someone else. His wife. What a guy, right? Awesome husband there, buddy. You just threw your wife right under the bus. It's her fault. And he also kind of blames God. This is the woman that you gave me, God. And then then God goes and talks to Eve, and what does she do? She blames someone else. It was the serpent that made me do it. But see, blaming someone else did not work in the beginning, and it does not work now. And you might say, well, even though those excuses were true, we still see that there were consequences for their sin. Yes, uh, Eve did influence Adam and the serpent did trick Eve and both of them were thrown though out of that perfect place that God had made for them and that relationship that they had with God was broken. See, even though they had good excuses, the consequences still came for their sin. See, blaming other people for our weaknesses seems like it would take the responsibility off of you. But what it really does is it is taking the responsibility and removing yourself from the position where you can control your problems. Let me say that again. Blaming others for the weaknesses that we have seems like it would take responsibility off of us, but what you're really doing is removing yourself from the position where you can control your problems. You hear teenagers often and even sometimes adults, well, I did it because my friends did it. But what you're really saying is, my friends control me. And until you're willing to say, my sin, my fault, you will not be able to do anything about your sin. Everybody say this with me. You ready? My sin, my fault. Now, don't forget, we all had them, right? Most of us uh, were honest enough uh, to raise our hand that we had these things we struggled with. And those of you that didn't raise your hand, uh, lying was probably the thing that you're struggling with. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but we all have these things, and we like to blame these things on other people, on other circumstances, but until we're ready to say, my sin, my fault, you cannot do anything about your sin. Thank you, Miss Leanne. She's up here doing sign language for someone today. Isn't that awesome? Give her a round of applause. So cool that people get to use their, <clears throat> their gifts and abilities. All right. I like to bring stuff out on the stage a lot of time. What is that? That's a button. Ooh. All right. All right. You ready? <laughs> Welcome to the blame game. That's what we're playing today, right? This is America's hottest new game show. And today, the category is, why do you sin? Why do you sin? And we're going to answer that question. So remember that thing that you got holding in your hand. Why do you sin? And we're going to answer that question today. You ready? Everybody say it with me. Why do you sin? Why do you sin? And this is just the way I am. This is just the way I am. Many people blame their personality for their inability to resist sin. I've always been this way. I have a temper because that, as a kid I had a hot temper and that's just who I am. I, I'm a redhead, I'm Irish, I've got all these excuses as to why I have an anger issue, but really it boils down to this is just who I am. But what we're really saying is we have always been this way and we will always be this way and we do not have any intention on changing. And then we ask people to accept me The way that I am. This is just the way I am. Accept me how I am. Colossians 3.8 that says this. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. What does that mean? That means God does not excuse your anger. And we should not excuse it in us. And we should never ask other people to excuse it in us either. We say this is just the way I am. Another thing people say that about is about closing up and shutting down and and putting up walls around us. This is a common sin that we excuse in our lives. We close up and refuse to talk when there's a problem or a conflict. But see, there's no way to fix a relationship or a problem without talking it through. And when you close up, what we're doing is we're torturing ourselves and we're torturing those around us. And we say, this is just how I handle pressure. I just shut down. No, that's a bad habit. It's not a personality trait. And we say uh, that, that we, we just, this is how we handle problems. But there's perhaps nothing more damaging to a relationship than not communicating. A father that won't talk to his son, a wife to a husband, a brother to a sister. Not communicating causes damage and hurt to others, and it is a sin. That's just the way I am. It's, that's an excuse that causes us not to admit our sin. But we need to quit making excuses and start making progress. Wouldn't that be great to not fall into these problems all the time? Y'all ready? Here we go. Why do you? You didn't do it. You ready? Why do you sin? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. How can you expect me not to sin? When what people do is they're using their circumstances and their environment to excuse their problems. Well, if it wasn't for the people I work for and work with, I wouldn't have this problem. If I didn't have all this pressure at home, I'm sure that I could change. It's not my fault. My friends pressured me into doing it. More and more, you see single people use this as an excuse to engage in premarital sex. They say things like, I'm 30 years old. I wasn't created to, to be celibate at this age, so I, I don't know what else to do. If God would just give me a wife, I wouldn't have this problem. And over and over again, we excuse our sin by saying, if only my circumstances were different. There was once a man named Bart that uh, smoked, and he knew that it was bad for his health, and he knew that it, it, was, it was not good for him. But he'd given up all hope for ever quitting because his friends smoked. And he said, I can't quit unless they do. And I don't see that ever happening. Without really saying it, Bart is blaming his smoking habit on his friends. And he's saying they were in control of his health, that he had no control over it. He was saying, until my surroundings change, don't expect me to change. And we might think, well, Bart just needs some new friends. And I don't know, that might be true. But what he needs more than new friends, he needs to stop blaming other people for his problems. His problems were not his friends as much as it was his unwillingness to take responsibility for his sin and say, my problem, my fault. All right, you ready? Here's number three, round three. Why do you sin? Family history. It's my family's fault. If you just knew how I grew up, you would understand why I am the way I am. If you knew my mom, you would know that's why I am this way. My dad always told me that real men never whatever. See, it's good for us to look back at our, our family history and our lives and examine our family life and what characteristics our parents might have that we share. But unfortunately, many use this information as an excuse to sin and to participate in moral failure rather than a tool to help in the process of change. See, what we do when we do that is we shift the responsibility of our sins to our parents. It's not my fault. It's my parents' fault. It's my mom's fault. It's my dad's fault. If my parents had not treated me this way, I wouldn't have these problems, And many people will love to sit down and talk to you about their life story and the reasons why they are the way that they are. But when you ask them uh, what positive steps and change that they have taken to correct those problems, often they have nothing to say. See, what they really want to do is they want to talk about it to relieve some guilt and blame it on someone else. And until they say, my sin, my fault, they will never correct their problem. Now, let me be clear. This may be... Harder than it sounds if you've been through some type of traumatizing event as a young child. You may have had horrible things done to you that were out of your control, and that pain is real. But you can't continue to fall into that trap and use excuses to make bad decisions right now. Because in the end, you're really just hurting yourself. There's got to be a time of letting the past go. If you ever want to experience the freedom that God has promised you, And your parents may have intentionally or unintentionally set you up for the problems that you face today, but you can't let that happen to you right now and control you right now. See, you are not a sum of what has happened to you. You are more than that. You're more than than what's just been done to you. You are a person with a free will and control, and you don't have to continue to let past events control who you are right now. You can leave it in the past and decide that I'm going to make the right decisions, and I'm going to live for God right now, and I'm not going to let what my parents do control me right now. You ready? Why do you sin? This is the final round. The devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. There was an old comedian that used to say that all the time. and What that is is a humorous way to excuse Sin that we have in our lives. And we've all used it. We might say it a little differently. We would say, well, temptation was just too strong. I couldn't handle it. I never had a chance. There was no other choice in this situation. You know, the Bible calls Satan the father of lies. And that's because he is a deceiver. And the truth is, that's his only real power to affect your life if you're a Christian. See, Satan doesn't have the power to make you do things. He only has the power to trick and manipulate you. He may dangle bait in front of you, but it's our choice to bite. If Satan could make us sin, temptation, uh, the process of temptation would be totally unnecessary. Imagine it this way. If you're standing on the edge of a cliff and I walk up behind you and say, I have your family and I've got them kidnapped. This is pretty uh, morbid, but I've got them kidnapped. And if you don't jump off of this cliff, then I'm going to kill them all. You might say, You're going to make me jump off this cliff. No, I might make you believe that you need to jump off this cliff to save your family, but I wouldn't have made you do anything. Now, if I run up behind you and push you off a cliff, then I made you do it. And see, that's the truth is that Satan doesn't have the power to push you. He only has the power to make you believe you have to, to make you believe there's no other choice and that it's a good idea and maybe this time you'll get away with it. See, we're never in the middle of sin and all of a sudden realize, how did I get here? What's going on? I didn't know I was going to get into this. No, the truth is we cannot even blame the devil for our sin because we are an integral part to every bad decision that we have ever made. Let me say that one more time. We are an integral part to every bad decision that we have ever made. There's always a choice. There's always a way of escape. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 tells us that bluntly. It says there is no temptation. There is no situation. There is no circumstance that you have ever been in. There is no temptation that's overtaken you that is not common to man. But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will provide the way to escape that you may be able to endure it. Hey, that tells us there there's a way to escape. That tells us there that God is faithful and he wants to provide you a way. Now, many of us aren't looking for a way out and we get knee deep in sin and realize, man, I'm already in it, I'm just gonna continue. I've already told this lie, it only makes more sense to just continue to to make it worse and dig my hole a little deeper. See, we've all taken these four answers we use to play this blame game. To avoid taking responsibility. For our sin. This is just the way I am. It's everywhere. My family life made me this way. I had no other choice. The devil made me do it. We asked in the beginning, what was your biggest sin struggle? Why are you stuck in it? See, until you can get to the place where you can say, my sin, my fault, you will never find freedom. Blaming others for your sin didn't work in the beginning and it does not work now. And when we blame others for our sin, we will never fix them. Many of you are stuck and I've been stuck. I'm not immune to this. Where we say, well, this is, this is just, I needed to do that because I needed them to do this. And we justify the ends with the means and all that. But see, it's a freeing thing to say, I'm a sinner, and Jesus loves me anyway, and he forgives me. Why do I keep defending myself and making excuses for these things? Why don't I just say, God, I cannot do this thing without you? I cannot live righteously without you. Instead of constantly trying to defend ourselves and make excuses and run from the fact that we have failures. Have you ever met someone like that that just would never admit that they are wrong? That is a tortured person that digs themselves into a lot of holes and makes a fool of themselves a lot of times because it's obvious that you did this. It's obvious that it's your fault, but you will not admit it. My sin, my fault. Let's all stand to our feet and bow our heads So, the worship band comes. No one looking around. I want you to to grab onto that sin that we were focusing on earlier. I know this could be one of those hard invitations where you don't want to make any let anybody know that you might struggle with any type of sin. But you already did that earlier when you raised your hand and you said that you had that thing in your hand. So don't be, you know, too proud. We said we were gonna try and be real with each other. We're gonna get past churchiness and get past all of that down to reality. You might say, well, if I go down to the altar today, someone's going to know that I'm a sinner. No, we're going to know that you're real, and you're not prideful, and you're not arrogant, and that you're a sinner just like us, and you you understand yourself, and you know what's going on. And you could use your, your pew, you can... do whatever you're comfortable with but what we got to do is we cannot get past realizing that our sin the choices that we make are our fault and when we get ourselves in a situation it's because we put ourselves there every heads bowed and eyes closed we all have our sins that we hold on to maybe you want to come down this morning and say god my sin my fault I mean, you use your pew, you, but let's just not run from it anymore. Make excuses about it anymore. You take time right now to deal with God about what he's dealt with you about.